Friends, let us pray. O oh God, the three in one, you draw us into your community of love with people across the ages and around the world. By the same spirit that binds us together, speak to us that what is read and proclaimed may enliven us and stretch us to trust and follow you. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. A reading from John's Gospel, chapter 14. Let us listen for what God is saying to the church today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you will be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you have not seen me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's quite easy to get sucked into the iconic words that John gives us today. We often hear these words of comfort, do not let your hearts be troubled, words that perhaps transport us back to a funeral and the edge of a freshly dug grave as we mourn the loss of a beloved and the end of an earthly journey. We hear words of safety, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Words that were memorized in Sunday school years ago and still emblazoned upon our hearts. Words that now might make us 
cringe slightly, recalling the many ways this verse has been weaponized to attack people of other faiths as well as other Christians. Words of hope. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Words that we hold with an abundance of caution, lest they bring our faith to a point of crisis for which we are not prepared. And because of these behemoth passages, it is easy to overlook what is going on in the shadows. On the night before the crucifixion, the disciples, their feet still damp, hear again that their teacher is leaving them. The two disciples that we hear speak, Thomas, who confesses, we do not know where you are going, and Philip, who pleads, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. They speak from a place of pure, heartbreaking fear and confusion. The words from the shadows, whispered in trepidation, are raw, down-to-earth requests for but a few crumbs of assurance. Assurance that the, the disciples can keep close to their hearts because though they do not fully realize it yet, something in their bodies is preparing them for a journey. Journey a word that evokes fear and excitement, denotes long distances and heightened dangers. They are spun into fantastic tales and dark histories. For mere travels, there is a choice, a known destination, and a predetermined length of time. But to journey is to follow a call, a call to leave the life you have and step into the unknown. Immigrants and refugees embark on journeys sparked by political turmoil, economic devastation, and war. Some embark on journeys to find themselves, and still others go on journeys in order to find something beyond themselves, a way, a truth, a life. These disciples have left their lives behind to attend to their heart's yearning that was awakened by Jesus' words to come, follow me. They have discovered their way, their truth, and their life, even as they have yet to realize that meaning in full. They are following the embodied way. They have embraced him, dined with him, and had their feet washed by him, and now are told that their journey with him has come to an end. We cannot blame them for a moment in how they hold their anxiety and distress. They speak with this desperate need for certainty. They want a map and a plan. They desire to see their destination with their own eyes, a perfect vision laid out before them in high definition. But Jesus gives them none of that. No master plan, no blueprint for success. Nothing to put their anxieties at ease other than himself. And the community that he has sought to foster, the intimate, ever-evolving, messy relationships that bind them all together. The disciples aren't getting it, and in his explanation, Jesus is loving them into a place of patience and trust, for they will soon find themselves in a vulnerable state, emerging back into the world stripped bare of all that they had once believed or understood about God and the Messiah. 
The biblical word is lament. The Psalms are filled with them, but they are for the most part skipped over in our lectionaries, likely because they make us uncomfortable. We don't always know what to do with them and and find them hard to be worshipful. To embrace lament, however, is to step through a threshold on the faith journey. Preeminent Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann has claimed that without lament, our covenantal relationship with God is only experienced in praise and doxology, only found in celebrations of joy and well-being. Without honest lament before God, we forfeit any claim to faithful trust in the divine. The disciples, in a place far from joy and well-being, are taking this huge step in their faith journey. They're experiencing anticipatory grief, some part of them knowing something that the whole of them has yet to accept. Because life is going to change. The world is going to change, and there may not be a path back to normal. They're going to have to reconcile very quickly for themselves and for those they hope will join them along this way, how it is that their teacher, who claims to be in the Father and the Father in him, could submit himself to the worst that humanity has to give. After doing the painful work of lamenting and shedding many parts of their faith that they had clung to, their life is going to look stunningly different on the far side of Easter. It is these disciples in the midst of their own pain and confusion that began the journey that we find ourselves on now. And like them, ours is a journey that requires the same patience, the same trust, and the same vulnerability because often on this path we find ourselves in the same painful process of shedding parts of our faith in order to grow into others. It was this process that the 13th century mystic theologian Meister Eckhart had in mind when he boldly wrote, let us pray to God that we may be free of God. Sitting with those words after I had recoiled from them, I settled into the great truth that there is no concept of God that can actually contain God. Whatever current notion we have of God is never fully God. As St. Augustine has said, if you comprehend it, then it is not God. Those words help us name honestly that embracing our relationship with God only when we have praise and doxology on our lips does not lead us to a responsible faith. Without holding the pain of our lives and world in tension with the comfort of Christ, we inevitably find ourselves worshiping a God that is far too small. Like the disciples in this week's lectionary reading, we are on a journey of faith. And it can be very hard to let go of one way of relating to God and to trust God in another. In this time of disorientation, We are learning how to lament, and in our lament, hopefully seeing and letting go of those lesser gods that we have created 
and trust in the God who has created us. We witness around us and within us the God of self that pushes us to exercise our rights and freedoms despite the danger to the health of our neighbors. We witness around us and within us the God of self-sufficiency that tricks us into believing we are an island unto ourselves and that we, unlike Thomas, have full confidence in our approach to the journey ahead. We witness around us and within us the God of routine and wonder if our Sunday practices have been more about worshiping the act of worship and less about worshiping God. We witness around us and within us the God of ease that generates the false claim that faith always keeps pain at bay. We witness around us and within us the desperate need for lament. We lament that our African-American brothers and sisters are lynched in the streets and endure justice delayed and denied. We lament that many of our Latinx neighbors freeze in fear of deportation any time there is a knock at the door. We lament jobs lost and stomachs empty. We lament the loneliness, the fear, the anger, the confusion, and the unknown on this journey. On this faith journey, we're all learning what to shed and what to trust. And we seek to trust in Christ as he has called us. And know that the promise was never that a life of faith is free from pain, but rather a life of faith can inform a richer and more meaningful way of being in the world, even when we don't fully understand. Because to be a disciple, by its definition, is not to understand or to believe in someone. It is to follow someone. Discipleship for the Christian is not claiming full comprehension or perfect belief about Jesus. It's about following the Christ. It's a journey with Jesus, a journey from the conventional wisdom that undergirds our society to the alternate wisdom of the kingdom. And on this journey, we listen to Christ's teachings. Sometimes we get it. Most of the time, we don't. We are fed by him. We betray him and we deny him. And we continue to journey on, never alone, but always together. And this, to me, is our wellspring of hope. Because the way is not exclusive, but radically inclusive. The truth is that God blesses our laments and not only cares, but understands. The life is a perfectly imperfect journey of hope towards the kingdom that Christ prepares on earth as it is in heaven. And now to the one who is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine, to God be glory in the church and in all generations, Christ Jesus, forever and ever. Amen.